Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by that weirdly erotic scene in the Star Wars Christmas special. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, your host for this week, joined per huge by... Joe. And... Steve. We're going to talk about a mystery, I guess. (laughs) Still not onto the cooking show yet. This week, we're going to talk about a space mystery. It's been a while since we've done a space mystery. Space. Mm. The final frontier? Not that anymore. one? Not anymore. Oh. I would I would argue that the ocean is the final frontier at this point. Are we, you serious? Yeah, totally. Well, it's still kind of unexplored. Yeah. There's a lot to be seen down there. So. Yeah. We are way more likely to explore the entire ocean of this planet before we are going to have explored the entire universe. Uh, I would say, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to talk about the Phobos 2 incident, which was recommended by Adam in November of 2015. Hey, thanks, Adam. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. This is a scary one. It, uh, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> a little. It's, it doesn't have a space probe. It doesn't have a single Reddit post, so don't try looking there. It's kind of hard to imagine. It's kind of know? insane. I know. I, I had to take a moment to compose myself when I found out that nobody on Reddit had even remotely mentioned this, but hey, there you go. Well, when you look at the pictures of this this probe, it's pretty hard to take it seriously. That's true. It is pretty silly looking. Uh, so everybody buckle up, because I don't want to lose any of you in space. Thanks. Yeah, turn on your oxygen. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's blast off. Very quick overview of this case like super quick, is that in 1989, a Russian space probe called Phobos 2 suffered a malfunction of its onboard computer, causing Uh, it to... That's one theory. Okay, we're doing a quick overview, okay? Okay. Yeah. Suffered a malfunction of the onboard computer, causing it to lose contact with ground control. It sent back some kind of hinky photos to Earth just before it went offline. So the question is, what really caused it to go offline and what was in those pictures? Right? Mm-hmm. That's something they didn't want basic, to see. Basic overview. And I'm going to go ahead and pause to say that I really was taken by this mystery because I got to listen to Carl Sagan talk a lot, which is just like... You were swooning. The best. Mm. You swooning. people think that you like Joe's voice. <laughs> uh, Carl Sagan. Man. Uh, I think his voice sucks. I like <gasps> my voice a lot better. You're just what you jealous. Saying? Yeah, pretty much. Dude, I'm amazed she didn't punch you for that. <laughs> She's too far away. Yeah. First, let's discuss the Phobos program. Okay. Probably should. Yeah. With the when we're as since we're going into detail, we may as well go into detail. The Phobos program was a Russian program to send unmanned space probes to study Mars and its moons, quote unquote moons. Satellites. Satellites. For all my fears of people being lost in space, I I don't know if I've talked about this. I mean I've talked about the fear, but I don't know if I've talked about the fact that like I actually love space. I think space is super, super interesting. 
And I think uh, Mars is really, really cool to me for a lot of different reasons, but it's one of my favorites of the planets so far that we've discovered. Yeah, Mars is pretty cool. Yeah. I think we should move it closer to the planet Earth so we can, like, actually live on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or terraform it or, you know, whatever. We need to start terraforming it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On July 7th, 1988, what was at that time the Soviet Union, it wasn't Russia, it was the Soviet Union, launched Phobos 1, and then on July 12th of that same year, they launched Phobos 2. The Phobos program was meant to collect data about the sun and Mars, and then eventually land on one of Mars's moons, quote-unquote, the satellite Phobos. Phobos 1 didn't make it very far. Uh, the engineers <laughs> were pressed for time and they didn't remove this little tiny bit of programming that is really necessary when you're testing it on the ground, but is really fatal when it's in the air. And that is basically that it shuts the attitude control off. Oopsie. I, I had read that it wasn't that they didn't ha take the time to remove the code, but I, I didn't, I don't understand programming well enough, but it was mm -hmm. essentially in order to do it, they'd have to remove that line of the code, put it into a new computer, and install a new computer on the probe. So it wasn't just like quick, click, 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 line of code is oh, gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but it was a time issue. Yes. They should have had time to do that. They but it, planned but it, to have time to do that, but... But it was because of what the, the actual manual labor that was involved. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely part of it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, as a former coder, you're, usually if you have a, a big heat, and I'm sure the code was extensive. Oh, surely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monkeying with it at the last minute is probably not something you want to do. No. 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 But yeah. so they figured, okay, well, surely none of our engineers will be dumb enough to accidentally activate this code. Yeah, but I'm sure did. they all had post-it notes, you know, on their desk, like, do not use this code. They, they, Don't do it. The thing about Russian post-it notes is they use really crappy communist ink and it doesn't well. stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's my yeah. understanding, too. I knew that something like that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, so really what happened is um, Phobos 1 in August after it had launched. So, you know, a couple months. Because it's about a six-month journey. Yeah. So a couple months after it launched, somebody sent an update program and had one letter wrong in the update that triggered this function that just shut off the attitude control, mm -hmm. which meant that Phobos 1 lost its sunlock, which obviously meant it was it was done. It was just dead in the air. It, it couldn't, it couldn't, get, the, couldn't get the sun. Yeah. It, it couldn't navigate. Yeah. Was it navigating out the sun or just had to have a sunlock to be able to use its sun, charge, solar To charge its solar batteries. It had to, so it needed yeah. to be able to adjust for its panels to get the sun. Yeah. There was talk. That initially, they were thinking that it might because they lost contact, they were hoping that it would drift and just luckily face towards the sun to get enough juice to get the batteries going so that they could get a quick squirt of information to it mm -hmm. to fix the code. Yeah. But that never happened. Yeah. Well, so, it never yeah, rolled so, in the right direction. Because obviously what happened, it wasn't like he sent the code and he was like, oh, oops, I realized that my programming was wrong. They sent this update. And then suddenly they lost contact with it and they were trying to figure out what could have possibly gone wrong. They found this little bit of code and then by that time it was just too late. There was nothing to be done about it. Mm. Obviously had it been recognized earlier, they could have sent an update real quick while it still had power and it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. But that did not happen. Uh -huh. So Phobos yeah. 1 lost to space forever. You think the guy lost his job? Oh yeah. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe, maybe not, you know. 
Yeah. You don't I mean, think so? In Soviet Union Russia? You don't think he lost his job at the very least? Maybe if I lost you know? the job, do you mean go to the gulag? Yeah, do you know how expensive <laughs> Phobos 1 is? I mean, do you know how expensive those things are? Which the fact is- that he just was like, well, oops. The irony of it being so expensive is we joked about this in the beginning, but this is the ugliest space probe I've ever seen. It is a donut, a metal donut, with what equates to a metal filing cabinet sitting on top of that it. That has like a satellite dish on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a bunch of spherical fuel tanks. And yeah. Stuff like it's actually very 50s looking. It is it very is. 50s. It's for very the, funny. For the 80s, ugly. which I guess maybe Soviet Russia was still in the 50s. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. But, I'm but, sorry. I'm not trying to offend any of our listeners. You're being sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic, I should mention, but we're just joking. So let's get back on track here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Phobos 2 did make it to Mars. Yay. (laughs) It uh, entered orbit (laughs) on January 29th, uh, 1989. So just, you know, six little, well, actually... Yeah, around, just like a couple six days. Months, yeah. yeah, six, yeah, just months, about six later. months Well, and it, it wasn't supposed to start anything as early as it did. Yeah. It's because Phobos 1 disappeared mm-hmm. that they were able to insert Phobos 2 into that, into that flight plan that, mm-hmm. it should, that Phobos 1 should have had. Yeah. That's the only reason that it got to be on the main stage so soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be kind of a backup. No, it wasn't a backup. It was just going to do other things. Right. I think Phobos 1 took over the mission of Phobos. Phobos No, sorry. Phobos 2 took over the mission of Phobos 1. Right. But the loss of Phobos 1 kind of screwed up a bunch of their tests. Yes. Yeah, it did. Because they had different equipment on them. Right. It should be mentioned. Obviously, they sent two at almost the exact same time. They weren't duplicates. Right? They, yeah. They had different things. But on they them. both had landers on them, and the mm-hmm. landers were supposed to communicate to figure mm-hmm. out stuff. And with the loss of really... one, that lander was basically useless. Yeah. But they went ahead with it anyway. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, well, you bring it home. Phobos 2 relayed 37 messages of, or not messages, sorry, images of Mars and Phobos back to Mission Control, which means it was a resounding success. Well, I don't know. <laughs> have you seen the pictures? I have. Yeah. Yeah. As it turns out, I'm doing this story. I have seen the pictures. Don't worry. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. Except maybe not. Maybe it wasn't so much of a success. Phobos 2 was meant to release two landers that we were talking about on the surface of Phobos. The approach was uh, supposed to be about 50 meters from the surface. And by the way, they, 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 it was normally observing this thing from about 600 kilometers away, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was a very close approach. Yeah, because I'm 600 kilometers. I mean, can they really? That's why so many of the photos just aren't that great. They're not very good. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. On the last leg of the approach on March 27th, 1989, Phobos 2 lost contact with Mission Control. And like we said, the official story was that there was a malfunction of the onboard computer. Simple enough. I didn't mention this. This will become important later on as we start to get into things. But the probe did have three different kinds of cameras on board. And I know Joe will probably be eager or Steve Mm -hmm. to take over maybe. I mean, I'm going to try to explain, but you both know a lot more about cameras than I do. Uh they so the camera was essentially like a big camera with three different lenses that were like three different cameras in yep. total. So they took the same picture but on different spectrums. Correct. Correct. Different. Yeah. Different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a video spectrometer. It was it was a video spectrometer system. So I believe it was supposed to be communicating video snippets back, but I don't know if that actually happened or not. Yeah, I've never seen anything that was recorded footage. It was always stills. But yeah. yeah, that's what I have seen as well. The three channels were a blue channel, a high-res channel, and an infrared channel. 
So like I said, it was three photos being taken at once of the same thing, which would give you three different kinds of information about what you were looking at. Correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, high resolution is just plain old regular photography. Infrared is going to be heat. Mm -hmm. And I believe the blue channel, and I could be wrong on this, but there's things that show up in that kind of dark, dirty environment that in blues come out a little better. And then Mm -hmm. they, I think they equalize them. I could be totally wrong on that because the science behind this quote unquote blue channel was a little weird to me. Well, and also... uh... Having looked at the pictures, and I can't say this for 100% certainty, but it is my impression that the high-res camera was black and white. Yes. Yeah, but... So having a, you know, if if they decide that the blue spectrum is one that gives you the most amount of detail, for instance, right, they'll choose one instead of doing a full-color one, That's maybe. Good. Well, the, yeah, it's the thing about it. It's a, it's a black and white ph- photography technique is to put a blue filter over your lens. Mm-hmm. Um because blue is at the upper end of the visible light, light spectrum. And so that's where the wavelengths are shorter. Yeah. So you get sharper images. Yeah. So you would you do a blue, blue one, you would do a high res black and white, and you would do the infrared, which does heat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you can combine mm-hmm. them all together. Mm-hmm. Which people have done. Yep. Yeah. For all of these pictures, all 37 of them. So we are going to talk about the, some photos for a second. Uh, I know a lot of you listen to us while you're driving. So when you get a chance, look at the pictures because we will never do justice just sitting in a room <laughs> describing them. Yeah, but don't pull your phone out yeah, and start please looking don't. at Google now. Pull no. over if you have to. Yes. Um, or wait until you're at your destination or, you know, whatever. Or have, you know, your co-pilot do it and then try to describe it. I don't know. Yeah, because if, if, if you are driving in front of a person like me, I will call you in. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time. Do you? Yeah. You're kind yeah. of a jerk. It's friggin' dangerous. Okay. Plus annoying. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Okay, so there are three pictures that are specifically referenced usually that are odd Mm -hmm. or have odd qualities. On March 1st, there's some photos of some, quote, unusual grid, unquote, patterns on Mars. They're fine lines estimated to be about three or four kilometers wide. Excuse me, that's not a fine line at all. Yeah, I don't think they're fine either. (laughs) Um, And they were seen in all three cameras, suggesting that there was also a heat difference between the lines and the ground that they're on. For the infrared camera. Yeah, with which, the infrared camera. Which well. would suggest like an urban grid pattern with streetlights. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or like, you know, heated tunnels underground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On March 26th, Phobos 2 sent some images with a shadow on them of Mars. It's, again, this image of, of Mars. And there's a shadow on being projected onto Mars. Mm-hmm. Russian scientists call it a shadow because you can see things through it, which is true. I've seen this picture. You can see, it's not opaque. So it's not solid. Yeah, it's not solid. So we are going to call it a shadow. It's fuzzy around the edges and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I, I, I think it's personally just a centipede crawling over the, the lens of the camera. Yeah. That's yeah. Space centipede. Space yeah. centipede, yeah. Well, yeah. I, we've all played that game. Those things are the worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of an elliptically kind of shape, like kind cat's eye, like like I don't know, like a cigar. It's like a cigar shape. Yeah, but um, a cigar that's that's fat in the middle and tapers down towards the ends mm-hmm. continuously. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, an, it's so a long the, ellipse. So the reason that I'm calling it a cigar is because that's how one would describe UFOs of that shape, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's approximately 15 miles long. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that source and like where people are finding that you okay i 
I, I'm trying not to be a wet blanket. Yeah. Okay. I'm keeping cool. my cool. mouth shut. Thank you. I'm, I'm assuming that they calculated that. Either somebody made it up or they maybe calculated it based on ground features. Like that there's some a, craters nearby. That, so I'm yeah, assuming they, that's how, that's they, did how they did it. Yeah. yeah. The department head of the Soviet Space Agency at that time was quoted as saying that whatever was casting the shadow is, quote, not horizontal, unquote, which whatever that means. I don't know what that means. And there's actually a lot of talk of it not being necessarily a cigar shape, but like a thing in motion because they're longer, right? It's not just like a click exposure. Yeah, it's not like you did there's, your cell phone camera. They're slightly longer exposures. So there's there's possible that it could have captured motion. A lot of people say, you know, like a rocket taking off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a space probe coming at you. But mm-hmm. maybe what I meant by not being horizontal is maybe what he means is that it's not like a, a horizontal shadow. Mm. Because the shadow of a sphere um, projected, if it's very low to the surface it, and goes across it, would be very elliptical, just like this shadow. Yes. Yeah. Like a shadow of, say, one of the moons of Good Mars. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, we'll talk more about the possibility of it being a shadow of a moon in a little bit. Then on March 27th, right before mission control loses control, loses control, contact, contact, both actually, technically it lost both. Okay. I'll give you that. (laughs) Um, with Phobos too, it sent another image. According to all the news sources I've seen, it says it was quote, an object that should not have been there. Dot, dot, dot flying towards Phobos too. Unquote. And who said this? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, like a lot of news agencies at the time, actually. I have a question about this. Mm. So I've been able to find the photos up until the 26th. And the only time I've ever seen the f- anything that says a photo from the 27th, it's been a picture of somebody else holding up a photo? No, Steve. It's an actual photo that was released by a Russian space agency. Actually, fun fact, the Russian space agency never released that photo. Okay, this was my confusion. We'll because... talk about where that photo comes from in a minute. Okay, yeah. all right, I apologize. Yeah, I was no, that's okay. Just, because we can't, for we me. can't get to debunking yet. First, I want to talk about Phobos the, itself, like the moon. Okay. Or like, that is no moon. Yeah. That's a creepy little moon. It's not a moon. <laughs> that's no moon. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a, a satellite. satellite. Yeah. You're right, Steve. Although, it's a satellite. Our moon is a satellite. Yes, but it's also a moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Versus, and I'm sorry, I don't, I can't say the difference between a moon and a satellite and what makes it a moon versus a satellite, but... I'm not Direct sure. TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure where the distinction sets in either. It's yeah, kind of I'm like the really distinction either. between Pluto and a planet, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, uh, Pluto looks kind of planety to me. It's a dwarf planet. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. It's a, so Phobos is a natural satellite. It's kind of an unsolved mystery in and of itself. So let's talk about that for a little bit. And then we'll pop back over to our mystery at hand. Cool? Okay. Works. Okay. I'm saying unsolved mystery with air quotes uh, because I personally think that uh, it's not an unsolved mystery, but a lot of people think that it is totally an unsolved mystery. It's an enigma. Likewise, there are a lot of people in this world who genuinely believe that the earth is flat or hollow or colonized by lizard people that are taking over the government. Secretly. Yeah. Yeah. And they can believe that all they want. I don't agree. Just like I don't agree that Phobos is anything that anybody says it is other than a totally normal satellite. But hey, there you go. You know, interesting side note. A lot of the flat earthers believe that there's no such thing as gravity. So we're on, a, we're on a disc. We are. And it's moving. It's accelerating at 1G. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, that's a, you know if we're just moving along at a steady speed, then we're going to be weightless. So we have to be accelerating constantly at 1G. So assuming our flat earth is only 6,000 years old, I've never actually sat down and done the math to figure out how fast we would be moving right now. 
it'd be really fast. Yeah. I think, you know, like, you know, probably five times the speed of light or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, you I don't know. know. You don't know. Well, maybe I'll calculate it out for the next episode. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah. Interstellar space tickets mm-hmm. coming our way. Mm-hmm. So Phobos is actually tiny. It's a little thing. It's tiny. It's smaller than our moon. It's like... A little bit, yeah. 10 miles by 14 miles by 11 miles, which is 17 by 22 by 18 kilometers. Why well, we'll probably never have a colony on Phobos, you know? Probably There's no gravity not. there to speak of. Yeah. Phobos... And it's ugly. Well, it Phobos is. is one of two satellites, right? So Mars has two moon slash satellites. The other one is Deimos, mm-hmm. which is even tinier. Um, it is it's like... It's the cutest satellite. It's pretty cute. It's like 7.7 7 miles in diameter, which is 12.4 kilometers. Mm. For comparison, Mount Everest is approximately five and a half miles high-ish, which is 8.6 kilometers. So Mount Everest is, kind, you know... Pretty close. Two to... Mount Everest would equal Phobos. Yeah. Well, one Mount Everest is like just a little bit shorter than Deimos. Right. Yeah. They're pretty similar. And in fact, uh, the surface area of Phobos is comparable to like Luxembourg for comparison, like a normal city in okay. in in the world. In our comparison. world. In our in our world. Yeah. Okay. Wanted to make sure which world we were talking about. Ours is the only world, Steve. Because evidently, there's cities populated by matt damon's that's not true oh i guess that's true yeah matt damon's yes phobos is the closer of the two moons and neither of them actually have enough gravity to be spheres they're both weird shapes closest to mars i'm sorry yeah closest to mars okay yeah it's the more interior of the two moons and they don't have enough mass really is what it is yeah sorry mass so yeah i mean well, mass, and then more mass, more gravity. And right. eventually, you smoosh yourself into a nice little sphere, and mm-hmm. then, this, and then the interior not. heats up, you know, and then you get some volcanic activity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even the moon used to have volcanoes. Yeah, that's what those craters are. Yeah. A well, lot of them. Most of them are asteroid impacts. But, right. Some of them. But yeah. Apparently, there are lava tubes on the moon, though. Mm-hmm. I've heard. It's where yeah. the lizard people are at. Yeah. That's where, yeah that's or where, the Nazis, one of the two. Which that's one? that's actually where man's yeah, going to live. When, in we the col- tubes. when we colonize them, it would be a handy yeah. place, you know, shield yeah. us from radiation and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. We'll live in lava tubes. Perfect. I like that you say lava. Mm. I guess lava. I never realized that about you before. Yeah. Not lava, lava. 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 It's kind of highbrow that way. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so Phobos is actually called the doomed moon now. <laughs> I love that name. I do too. It's barely held together. In, three, in 30 million years, which I know sounds like... A really, really, really long time, but mm. in space years, it's like nothing. It's like a blink of an eye. It's gonna, it's not gonna exist anymore. Either Phobos will be pulled into Mars and just into the gravity well, basically and, and directly into the planet, into the planet, and basically obliterate everything on the surface of Mars. So if there are humans living on there, get out fast. Yeah, if we're colonizing Mars by that time, we really are gonna have to boost uh, boost their, Phobos's orbit a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Or it may just break up and become a really pretty asteroid belt for Mars. Tiny mm. little, tiny little belts. Yeah, it's just a question of how tightly it's held together. If, if mm-hmm. as it's believed, it's just a bunch of like a cluster of rocks and, mm-hmm. and, and dust and crap, then probably tidal forces will break it up, just pull it apart. Yeah, you know, that's I think that's the hope. And it yeah. actually it gets about uh, two meters closer to Mars every year. So, it's look, it's but I think it's looking like it will probably break up. Mm-hmm. I would, I personally think it's going to break up. Yeah. It's going to end up looking like uh, 
Did it, Joe may have seen this. You probably have never watched this. Thundar the Barbarian. Do you Thundar? remember that cartoon? No. It was a Hanna-Barbera show no. back in the day. I don't remember that one. Okay, well, there was this thing, and the, the moon above the Earth was cracked in half, and it had this big, giant uh, sphere of asteroids around, or, um, yeah, asteroids from the moon, and that's what it makes me think of every time I he- I was reading about Phobos just getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's going to look just like Thundar the Barbarian. Just ah, okay. Like it. Okay, I got you. I, I don't know that. what you're talking about. I'm just I trying know. to no, like, be we're, helpful We're here. just humoring you, yeah. 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 Thanks, guys. Yeah. So, welcome. Devin, you were saying. Yeah, so Phobos, yeah. there's some stuff about it, actually, and I think the origin of this is from a guy named Shlokovsky and his hollow Phobos theory of uh 1958 basically what he kind of a suggests, cool theory by the it way is, it's a very interesting theory what he suggested is that based on the orbit of phobos that it was really just a thin sheet metal structure yeah you're saying that basically you know it's it given its speed and its mm-hmm. orbit and everything it had to be a lot lighter than it really was yeah 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 and that's Which why, could be that's why he proposed it, it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah yeah and and somehow he came up with the fact that it had to have been aluminum or something it's a very thin, light metal shell, and that it would be basically like like nothing mm-hmm. in, in the middle of it. This this idea or theory, I hesitate to call it theory, but this idea has persisted. Belief, belief, maybe, yeah. The idea that Phobos is actually a craft or a mothership of some kind is out there. So is the theory that Phobos is a hollow iron sphere. Uh, the the calculation, quote unquote calculation, is that the crust is six centimeters thick, uh-huh. so that the shell, the iron shell, would be six centimeters thick, and that's it. And so, for an object that size, it would be comparatively very lightweight. Incredibly lightweight. Yeah. One one would think that if it was that lightweight, it would have already crashed into Mars. Hmm? Not necessarily. But the th- since that theory, the theory that follows that is that it's a space structure that was built there. So that whoever was the architect of said structure would have accounted for the fact that, you know, Mars was going to be pulling it in and calculated the longevity and all of that stuff. And you'd think they would put systems in place to boost its orbit if it started Every to decay like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would think that if this thing is a hollow shell, the designer of it must have been wall-eyed because mm-hmm. you would think that if you were to design something to go into space it would be, look like other things in space to operate the same and it doesn't look like any of that yeah that's my that's my concern or my issue with this whole thing is it looks yeah. like an ugly potato well and also they don't ever really seem to address the fact that if it is a mothership or something of that nature that yeah the, sh- the shell might be really thin but there's stuff in there then should be a lot of stuff lots in of there. infrastructure and things lots like of, that lots in of there. walls and floors mm-hmm. and piping which and might be heavy that would weigh something. Add wood. some mass to it yeah but, but it's an alien technology that advanced they probably can have stuff that's strong as steel and lighter than plastic it's true it's true yeah so that and you know the speculation we've been kind of circling around but the fact that this might be an alien, that Phobos might be an alien base of massive proportions, which again, Phobos isn't that big. But for a spaceship, it's damn I, big. Is, yeah, for a spaceship or, it, it, I, the theory isn't really that it's a ship, right? It's that it's a Maybe an base. arcology, like a, a floating it's space like station. The, it's like, yeah, it's like the mm. International Space Station. Yeah. Which is tiny, right? Obviously compared oh, to yeah. Phobos, but that if we were to put a permanent installation up there, it could be as 
big as we wanted everything. Well, I also think that in a way this, so I've, I've read some of this stuff is that it may not actually have been some kind of, um, it may have been a generational ship or some, like you were talking about a colony ship. Mm -hmm. You're familiar with the, a generational ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and so, that's, mm-hmm. that if we do, if unless we invent faster than light transportation for humanity, mm-hmm. that's we're how, gonna do that's that. how we we're going to have to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's why that's one of the things is that it may have been a generational ship that lost its crew. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ended up mm-hmm. in the orbit that it's in. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's nobody manning the helm. It is an interesting theory, to be yeah. sure. It's fun sci fi. It is it fun sci fi. And we actually, I think you guys both watched this video that I posted because there's some, some anomalies on the surface of Phobos. Is this the Mr. Toffee video, as yeah. I call him? He's Toffee the, Mouth? Yeah, he's the Olympus Sky on YouTube. What he does, I'm not totally sure about, but he blows up images that you can get of Phobos. There's some good and ones other out ones. there. There's some good ones out there. He doesn't seem to pick the highest quality ones, but interesting nonetheless. And then kind of takes Photoshop and outlines things that he sees as protrusions from the surface. Particularly, and he's not the only person who believes this, okay? The, this was just the one that I found that yeah. w- was seemed to be the most helpful for me to to show to Joe and Steve. Um, and but the, some of the stuff that this guy was pointing out, in fact, all of it, I, I didn't really see anything I, there. I agree with that. Stuff. I totally well, agree with that. Here's the problem. Well, is, can I just... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, so I apologize. No, no, that's okay. I just want to get out. This that. guy drove me... Bunkers. I know he did. I know. So, but what he's saying, and what a lot of people are saying, is that you can see in the pictures f- structures on the surface of Phobos. And this includes cities. This includes roads. This includes a monolith. And actually, I've seen that picture of the monolith, and it is a little interesting. But everything else that I've seen of, I, I'm not really upset about all of the other stuff that I've seen the pictures of. Um, but... That is their argument. Toffee Mouth makes one very big mistake in everything he does. What's that? All shadows are cast by something rising above the plane of mm-hmm. the surface. Yeah. The, that's, no, yeah. He that's, doesn't that's understand that a hole in the ground has a shadow too. Yeah. So that is the, the assertion that he's making is that if there's a shadow, there's something protruding. Exactly. And everything. I mean, it's, it's every single thing he did. And I'm just, I mean, I actually had headphones in and my wife had to leave the house because I was yelling at the computer going, it's in the ground. Mm-hmm. It's a crater. Yeah, yeah and group. it is. I mean, to be and, fair, and people keep, but people always do that. They only understand shadows being cast by things that are above the ground, oh, yeah. and never the sunlight not penetrating a hole in the ground. The thing I will say to this theory's credit, it's not really theory. We're not in theory section, but in this idea's credit, is that there are some things on Phobos that I don't understand how they were created. I, at the same time, I'm not willing to say it's not natural, but there are some patterns on Phobos that you kind of look at and think, ah. Well, yeah, like, like, well, I was looking at a high-res photo of actually a couple of them, and I found, like, a string of, like, three uh, meteor craters or asteroid craters People talk about those a lot. And, And they're exactly the same size and they're in a perfect line and mm-hmm. it's really it's i mean and obviously it's possible yeah i mean it's at least as possible as winning the lottery mm-hmm. uh but still it's really it really is unusual yeah or there's the ones that 
look a bit like tire, like really giant tire tracks. No, not roads necessarily, but they're like kind of almost interwoven, like braided patterns a little bit, which again, I don't know what's going on with Phobos. It's a completely different thing than we've ever really encountered. But so I'm willing to totally say that's awesome. I want to know how that was formed naturally, but I, I, I think that based on what I've read, that I understand exactly what's going on there. As Joe mentioned earlier, any kind of normal planetoid has a warm center and then it spins and that makes it stay as a circle. So the easy way to think about it is you put water in a balloon in zero G, it's going to form a sphere. That's just what normally happens with planets and moons or any kind of planetoid. But if Phobos came from an asteroid belt, it's a bunch of random rocks that got stuck together somehow and they have a skin. The skin of the planet, the crust of this, uh, it's not a planet, of this satellite struggling not to call it a moon, this satellite is all dust. So the way I equate this thing is that it's like a balloon filled with rice. Mm. And if you were to take a balloon filled with water and you poke it and you let go, it pushes back into its original shape. But if it's filled with rice, it leaves an indentation there. So as this thing is circling around Mars, which is putting gravitational forces on it, it's squeezing it and it's twisting it, but it doesn't have the structure to rebound into a circular shape. I mean, we yeah, our planet does solid. this. It's not solid. It's not really a solid yeah. chunk of Earth. Yeah, so our planet does this yeah. to the moon, and the moon kind of cracks and shifts a little bit, but nothing crazy. But Phobos doesn't have that ability, and so it shifts, and it shifts, and it starts cracking and breaking, and it's these, they're stretch marks, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. So, okay, so Steve just mentioned something offhand, like we had totally been talking about it this whole time. Uh, but I will go ahead and say the current theory is that the way that Mars acquired Phobos and Deimos is was from the Kuiper Belt, the the asteroid belt. But that's in our solar system. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, that's that's the thing I don't understand is like some some people thought the asteroid belt, which we mm-hmm. call the asteroid belt, the Kuiper Belt is a belt of way way distant objects way far beyond pluto mm-hmm. we have all there's a whole belt of, of like uh, asteroids and comets and in fact uh the probe that the new horizons probe the yeah, one yeah. by is is actually on target i can't remember the year but it's supposed to inspect an object in the kuiper belt oh so that's the belt that's really far out that's the one yeah, what's so, the one that's next to jupiter that's that, that the one between mars and jupiter is just called the asteroid belt. okay that so asteroid that would be belt my candidate is where yeah. <laughs> these came from i apologize to all of our listeners we're not going to go back and re-record that so you can hear the things that happened. <laughs> uh, it was from the asteroid belt, and it was that Jupiter... Uh, Jupiter's giant, if you and don't know. it has know, a huge gravity well. huge gravity well. And in fact, it's so big that it pushes things out of its way. So the theory is that the gravitational pull, or push, I guess, at this point, pushed two asteroids out just far enough that Mars was able to catch them. And that's how Phobos and, then and they Deimos... would collide. Oh, so for that's making the two satellites mm-hmm. of Mars. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. So they're Not now the in orbit formation of, Mars. of Phobos itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that so that Phobos and Deimos both were just asteroids. Mm-hmm. So they are not typical moons. Now that's possible, but you know the thing about it is, is they have fairly regular orbits, don't they? Yeah, I mean that doesn't bother me. But you know, if, if something comes in from the the, aster- the asteroid belt, it comes in swooping in at a fairly high speed, and 
It's not just going to go into a circular orbit around your planet. Not immediately, but they're not, like, new. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, if we have, I'll have to investigate things, that. But. Things will zip by a planet, and they will get pulled into the gravity well, and they will come into an erratic elliptical orbit, mm-hmm. and it will take a long time, but that as that gravity well exerts pressure on it, it'll slow them down, and then mm-hmm. they come closer, and then they can sometimes they'll settle into a normal distant orbit like our moon does, mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll be in a degrading orbit like Phobos, yeah. so that well, it, it slowly circles closer and closer and closer until eventually it will crash into it. But because they'll they'll zip by the gravity well or grab it and fling it back the direction it goes, but it won't escape the well enough. And then it just so that elliptical shape mm. slowly gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, so it is yeah. it's it's happened with a lot of things. There's a lot of uh, Jupiter's moons. A bunch of Jupiter's moons are made the are the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're captured asteroids, for lack of a better term. Jupiter does have a lot of moons. Yeah, and they yeah. just they they fall in, and they've observed this in a lot with a lot of the telescopes. These uh, these. I keep wanting to call them moons. These satellites Mm -hmm. get locked into the orbit. And it's luck of the draw. I mean, sometimes they just zing off into space in another direction. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. As long as they don't go our direction. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, me too. That would lend a lot of credence to, you know, what Steve was talking about with the Phobos. It's just like a bunch of rocks thrown together. And in fact, that's the whole reason to backtrack a little bit that um they thought that this that uh phobos was hollow it turns out is because they were working from a corrupted set of data yeah <laughs> i that, love this yeah the, or, yeah the orbital mechanics of phobos they were mm-hmm. multiple observations uh-huh. correct? it was yeah. multiple observations by multiple people from multiple locations and from all of this disparate data somebody said ah well, that can't be right. The only way that that could be right is if it's hollow. Oh, my God, it's hollow. Not like, hey, let's take a step back and just try to observe it for myself for a little while. No, no, no. It must be hollow. Yeah, but it turns out that it has normal mass. It's totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it is, but it is a little less, right? Because, well, yeah. They do figure it is just basically, it's basically a grenade, to be honest with you. It's not a circular grenade, but it is. It's just a bunch of rocks as shrapnel stuffed inside of a dust and slightly thin crust. It's entirely possible that when Phobos, and and this is my my guess, okay, this is not supported by anything, but I just keep thinking about this, is that it's entirely possible that it was a solid, giant chunk of rock when it got captured into Mars's orbit, and the, the gravitational stresses because it wasn't a very strong rock, have elongated, kept yeah. crushing it and cracking it mm-hmm. and cracking it and cracking it, and it had just enough gravitation to not, for the little dust particles not to drift away, and that's the only reason mm-hmm. that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only reason I can think of it is that it was a big rock, and then it just kept twisting and cracking and crunching, kind of like uh, you know snowball. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. because it's because it's longer, it's it's not spherical. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a length like a potato. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the tidal forces, you know what tidal forces are, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's in orbit um, around Mars, and the part that's closest to Mars would like to orbit faster than the part that's furthest away from Mars. That's, mm-hmm. Those are tidal forces. And that's going to continue to elongate and, it. And it would be, uh, yeah, it, it would be interesting to station a probe in orbit around it 
you know, for over a period of many years mm-hmm. and just record all the changes. And that's what that's yeah. what our Russian friends were trying to do, Joe. Well, a that, that was not quite. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about a long-term project. Well, but where, that's one know. of the things they were doing is that Phobos 1 and Phobos 2 had landers on them. Mm-hmm. And those landers were supposed to be stationed approximately at opposite ends of the satellite mm-hmm. so that they could take readings and report back the differences of things that it was that it was feeling and sensing in the ground. So that's one of the things that was totally lost when Phobos 1 decided to go to Fiji. Yeah, I know. We we have totally nerded out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind so of. I think this, this is a is, weird episode. It we is. just totally went uh, space crazy. We did. Yeah. I think that's probably enough about a dumb, not even cool enough to be a moon satellite rock thing. But do uh, Phobos doesn't appreciate that? Yeah, Actually, yeah. I like Pho- Phobos. That, I have a soft spot. Hashtag in my heart. love Phobos. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I definitely recommend to our listeners to Google pictures of photo Phobos because there's some yeah. good high res images out Phobos there. Phobos is. I yeah. think yeah. Demos also. They're yeah. both Stick- very very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the Stickney crater, that uh-huh. thing is weird looking. Yeah, the whole yeah, it, it, it you got to wonder whatever hit Phobos, you, you sort of wonder why it didn't blast the whole thing to smithereens cuz this yeah. crater is damn near as big as the, the satellite itself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh yeah. my god. I almost I mean I sus- I if I were guessing, I would guess that it hit when it was more uh more of a circle, more of a, you know, big old round ball mm-hmm. and that that maybe helped elongate it a little bit and break it as up. well <laughs> yeah it might have been the, the big the big thing that hit it just sort of shot through it and actually like lengthened it out and mm-hmm. and, the, and the big heavy iron thing that that hit it is like on the opposite end of it yeah having finally been break to a stop you know it's possible I mean, but yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It does look a bit like the weapon on the Death Star, though. It does. <laughs> it does so it when somebody does. says this is actually a space station, and you look at the picture, you kind of think, I mean, I guess it could be actually. And that thing is pointed right towards Earth. Right you know towards that? us. Yeah. Ah, no. No. They haven't done it yet. We're fine. Yeah. yeah. True. True. They're still charging their batteries. Well, you've only got three solar panels. It takes like thousands of years. <laughs> it's true. It does. So it's the economy model. Uh, let's talk about theories. Oh, we should about Phobos two, the probe. Oh yeah, we we're, we're done with the moon. Sorry. Yeah, we're done satellite. with the moon. Let's set. Yeah, so it's not a moon. It's not a moon. I'm sorry. The satellite. Yeah. So what happened to that probe? Well, so there it's are two. Suspicious, there are two theories here, right? Yeah. One is aliens. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a cigar-shaped thing. It was cast by something. That shadow, yeah. That shadow, right? I mean, I think it does. I, I know it sounds sarcastic because I said it sarcastically, but it is true that that shadow, that cigar-shaped shadow, was cast by something on the planet on the on surface the of Mars. On the planet surface of Mars, yes. Okay. Yeah, probably. The this theory says that it's either a full shadow of a large craft or a craft taking off off of the surface of Mars. The, that grid pattern that we were talking about that's, you know, warmer than everything else around it. According is, to the theory. Right, is a city or some kind of infrastructure where the people of Mars, they realized, they observed that something was there observing them, right? Phobos too, And they were like, well, we don't really want that. So we got to go take care of it. It's going to ruin property values. The last photo that was sent back was of some kind of uh, craft or bullet. Who knows? Rocket. Rocket. Which one are you talking about? The one that's got a picture of Phobos, and then beneath it there's this cylindrical... It's the one on the next page of your script. It's a laser. A laser with a Z. Yes. Yeah. Because those are the coolest lasers. Mm -hmm. 
here's my problem with the last photo real quick. The last photo uh, has been provided by Colonel Dr. Ma- Marina? Marina Popovich. Popovich. She's a defected Russian astronaut. She claims to have, quote unquote, smuggled a lot of stuff out of the Soviet Union. And uh, she revealed this picture at a UFO conference in 1991. And her claim is that the image shows a huge cigar-shaped mothership that's approximately 12 miles or 20 kilometers long (laughs) by one mile or 1.5 kilometers wide. Yeah. This is in comparison to Phobos, which can be seen in the photo as well. Yeah. Uh, the photo is really, 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 really zoomed in compared to a lot of the photos that you will see. Well, yeah, because when you're shooting a little a little pebble to the sky mm-hmm. from 600, 800 kilometers away. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I just mean compared to, to most of the photos that Phobos sent back, mm-hmm. this is really zoomed in. And yeah. actually, it makes me think that it was cropped. Which, totally leads cropped. Us to our, it was cropped yeah. which leads us to our next theory is the wishful thinking because it was cropped for a reason, right? So the reason I think it's cropped... Mm-hmm. This specific picture, and I know that, Joe, you have a different picture that you want to bring up, and that's fine. But when you're looking at the pictures, did you guys notice how much interference there is on those pictures? Well, and there are a lot of artifacts. Like this one picture that we're looking at here has got a white line in it. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if that's put in for reference or if that's a, a I feel glitch like in the camera. What my sense was that most of the pictures have... You know those lines you get when you're printing a photo out and you don't have enough It's ink? bad lines of yeah. data. Yeah, it's yeah. just bad Every lines of data. Every image from the infrared camera mm-hmm. from the that. entire Phobos 2 probe... Mm-hmm. Because I know I sent you guys this link. If you look at every one of the infrared camera images, it they all line. have lines through them. They're mm-hmm. horizontal white lines, which means they're bad pixels. Yeah. And but, then, but not and they're, only... They're, and they're random. That's not the only one, though. They all have that at one point in time or another. All, th- all three of the cameras do have that at one point in time or another. So it... You know, when you look at these pictures, yeah. Okay. I'd only really, I'd focused on the infrared. Yeah. So So when I look at these pictures, it's like, okay, yeah, there's bad data. And then somebody zooms in to make it look like there's a projectile coming out of nowhere. Well, it looks like it's like a bad line of data. What are you even doing? Although there are some, there's like one photo where there's actually horizontal lines and a a horizontal line and a vertical line too. Yeah, there's some. Which is like, you know, I I don't know. But the one that, the, the, the most famous one that a lot of people like to reference is that shot of Phobos, and then underneath it, approaching it, is a huge, like, like 12 rocket mile shaped. Long. Well, it's not rocket shaped, it's, it's, it's cylindrical. cylindrical, and it's got kind of That's, a semi, yeah, it's kind of got a rounded end on it that's at near Phobos. Yeah, and, and here's the thing it's always described as a cylindrical object, but it's not, it's actually not. Did you, have you looked at it closely? Mm-hmm. Seen the pattern of shadows on it? There's, well, there's a notch at one end. It's sort of a notch, but it's not. But if you look at the shadows on, on Phobos. On the actual satellite itself. On the actual, on the actual satellite Phobos. Uh, then the light source is obviously, if I'm looking at Phobos and that thing is coming up right underneath it, then the way that thing is lit up, if it's a cylinder, the light source has to be coming from right behind me. 
But the way Phobos is lit up, the light source is coming from at least 45 to 60 degrees off to my right. So the one thing I will warn you, Joe, is the image that we have all seen of this attacking thing is super pixelated. Mm-hmm. And so it is really difficult. I mean, it's, it almost looks like it's printed out and then somebody took a photo of the print from a crappy Xerox. Yeah, I mean, no, that thing, that thing almost looks to me like somebody just laid a, a, a very thin piece of cardboard on top of the photo. Yeah. And I took another picture of it. No, I mean that's entirely possible. But the the thing is, is that 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 one cam that camera was bad the whole way. Oh yeah, so I don't know exactly how that that the mothership got into the photo, but you will help find reference to that if you if you look up the story that mm-hmm. photograph and this, and everybody says it's cylindrical, but it's really not. No, it's not cylindrical. So uh, you you guys want to take this moment to like debunk all that alien stuff we were just talking about a minute ago? We could yeah, totally sure. do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we're not totally debunking it. Actually, we're just covering up for the aliens. I, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, we're debunking it. No, That's no, no, debunking, yeah. debunking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. it. Thank it. you, Overlord. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, go. Okay, what are we doing? You want to talk about the city? We can talk about whatever you want. Okay, so the grid city? Yeah. I love that the grid city is a city and not a series of cracks in the ground. The, okay, so the city, like the city is, ge- it's, in my mind, 100% it's geological phenomenon. Yeah, it's, it's some no, kind it of chemical reaction that is broken the rock down. Rock breaks through chemical reactions. So it seems like me to me it's cracks and it has broken it down. So then it's creating a shadow because of the collapse in a pit because they're three or four meters across, right? Yeah, you know, actually, you get... So I've seen right here, right here in our own, our own fair state, there's a town named St. Helens like, that's only like 25, 30 miles away from here. Chuck full of basalt. It's, the whole town is built on a basalt formation. Yeah. And there's a, there's a couple of places in town where you see these really, really cool basaltic rock columns mm-hmm. that look extremely regular they look like they could have been you know made by the incas or something like that i mean they kind of had this man-made look to them but they're just totally naturally occurring well i actually consulted some of our experts yeah. on this uh and one expert in particular audrey who was like a rock star <laughs> um gave me a lot of information about this and Uh, what she said was, I mean, you can see stuff like this in the Canyonlands National Park. I mean, Mm -hmm. you see like actual grid patterns and that it's totally normal geological phenomenon. Furthermore, they've actually seen a lot. There's, I mean, they've observed this more on Mars. And when you talk about the infrared camera, right? Because that's the thing they always talk about is they say, okay, it could be geological, but the the infrared, it was hotter. It was hotter. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, rock is going to be hotter than sand, probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it is. It's just going to retain heat more than the sand is. I have no problem saying that it's a hundred percent natural. Well, yeah. See, if you have like, uh, if you also have like a, a naturally occurring one, that certain parts of that formation are going to be in shade. So that means like when the sun goes down or is going down, there's parts of it that have been more heated mm-hmm. by the sun than other parts. Right. So it'll be a little warmer. Yeah. Right totally. Well, and it depends on the material itself as to how much heat it will absorb and then how long it'll retain that heat Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. through that thermal process because if something is small with a lot of surface area it will lose all of that heat quite quickly versus Mm -hmm. a giant boulder that doesn't have a lot of surface area it'll retain the heat longer so it'll show up later as a giant blinding hot spot Mm -hmm. to the infrared yeah. Well, not blinding hot. Not, well, not you, you know what I mean. No, but I mean, frankly, <laughs> yeah. like it's not blinding hot in the infrared anyway. It's just slightly warmer. Just a little warmer. Yeah. yeah. So I, 
that the grid doesn't bother me at all. No, it's 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 things like natural rock formations and and areas where the rock has gone away. I mean, mm-hmm. it eroded through some kind of process. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I would love to find the remnants of an alien civilization oh, on yeah. Mars. <laughs> that, that would be way cool. Totally. Yeah. But I think there's better proof than this grid. Yeah. Or yeah. like better things that might come up. Proof, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the like, problem is is that, is that Mars Mars used to be a lot more habitable than it is today. I mean, back when you know, they, they lost their atmosphere because they lost their magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And the magnetic field died, and so the atmosphere got stripped away by the solar wind. And, and so, it was all caused by their bad economy. Yeah, it was all caused by, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because they, they were just try, like, trying to develop and yeah, yeah. global warming. And, yeah, yeah. and that $15 an hour minimum wage. I mean, it just oh, it was it the destroyed worst. them. Yeah. Destroyed them. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if there are, if there w- was a civilization, which I doubt, but if there was, you know, um, well... It well, would they would, been, I mean, they could have gone mi- underground. It would have been millions of years ago. Yeah, maybe they went underground when they started losing their well, atmosphere. Well, I mean, that's the theory, right, is that, like, they live underground now. Yeah, so... So, do you have more stuff from the last section that you want to debunk? Uh, well, do you want to, we can talk about the shadow. Oh, yeah. Because we haven't talked about the shadow yeah, yet. Let's oh, yeah, talk about the, the shadow. cigar-shaped shadow. The cigar-shaped the shadow. Elliptical shadow. The I, elliptical. I well, I, I always look at it in the photos. So this is my difficulty with the photos that are provided of this shadow. Is I really feel like it has been adjusted to the ends of its rope, and it is not what it originally looked like. Like it is over contrasted and oversaturated, so it it turns into this very to me again the a cat uh, the pupil of a cat eye. It's very very sharp edges, mm-hmm. but the point I'm making is ignoring that. There are photos of none other than Phobos itself on the surface of Mars making a very similar shadow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they were those photos are from there's a NASA photo from 2003, so it's a better camera, and so it's not as blown out and hard edged. But I really feel like that's it. And they say, well, it was moving. Well, yeah, because the satellite is orbiting. Yeah, Phobos so does move along pretty fast. I don't think that it was some flying saucer on its flat edge flying across the surface mm-hmm. of the planet or, or going somewhere or flying away. It just It's too perfectly shaped. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it has to be the, the elliptical shadow of a fairly spherical object, the way I see it. Well, um, but, you know, the thing is, is that Phobos isn't spherical. It's like we, we've been calling well, it potato-shaped. So if it's you look longer at it, on its own, and you look at that photo, yeah. and if... I didn't take the time to. I was busy photoshopping all the other images to freak out on them. But if I had taken that NASA photo and probably played with it, I probably could have changed that shape of that shadow mm-hmm. to be much finer in in the edges than, or much more distinct on the edges than it was in the image that we were looking at from NASA. Yeah. So anyway, it could have been Deimos too. Yeah. Yeah. Deimos is way more spherical. I, to me, it just regular. doesn't look. I'm just. I'm. I'm so hell bent because I saw the photo of Phobos and it looks like that. Mm-hmm. And Phobos, that cigar. Phobos actually in uh, in one profile is fairly it's, spherical. Yeah. Yeah. It just That's it true. just depends on the angle you're looking at it from. Yeah. So it could have been. The... I always look at it from the potato side. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a potato or almost pearish in a way. It's like uh, if you take away like Stickney Crater, imagine imagine a pear and at at the top of the pear. Where it's narrowed down, somebody's taking a bite out of it, and that would be Stickney Crater. Yeah, yeah that's true. It is. What, that's about what what Phobos looks like. Yeah. 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 Strange little thing. Mm-hmm. 
any more debunking that you wanted to do? No, it's probably, it could have been one other theory I would throw out, even though it's extremely unlikely. It could have been just uh, some little particle or, or, you know, like a, you know, I mean, asteroids don't just come in huge earth-destroying sizes. They come in, you know, the size of a pebble mm-hmm. or even the size of, you know, like smaller than a pebble. And mm-hmm. they can be rocketing along fairly quickly if one just happens to hit your space probe. Yeah. Oh, this Not is likely. for why, why Phobos 2 why Phobos was 2. lost? Yeah, was it aliens or, you know, it could have been... It could have been an an onboard computer malfunction, or it Mm -hmm. could have been hit by something. Yeah. I also... Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to know that there something happened, you know, there was some operator error again, right? But that Russia obviously doesn't want to say, well, you know, we spent $30 million in, you know, 1980s money, right, uh, each on these probes, and one of them our operator turned off, and the other one the operator accidentally turned off, and so they just said, yeah, no, it was... Yep, mm-hmm. it was it was a computer malfunction. It was totally a computer malfunction. And there was this weird image, because here's the other thing, is that they didn't, right? I mean, they genuinely didn't ever actually release that last photo. Yeah, that's it what was I was talking about earlier. It smuggled out. That's the only way that we have it. And so, you know, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to kind of PR it. The other, you know? the other way that operator error could have completely been responsible is normally it the, the satellite... Phobos 2 was 600 kilometers or so uh, from... 600, 800, yeah. Somewhere in there. And then it was going to make... It made these passes that yeah. were approximately 50 meters, and they were sending updates. And it may have been that the update didn't actually accidentally turn off the attitude controls, but changed its trajectory, and they crashed it yeah. into either Mars or, even more likely, into Phobos oh, itself. And just face-planted mm-hmm. right into the... Just drove it right in there. Oh, that's weird. Don't know what happened. Nope. Yeah. No computer sign of error. It whatsoever. Which I guess technically that's the brilliance of saying it was computer error because it could have been computer error. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the, that covers a multitude of sins, right? Computer well, error. Some the... people like to say, and again, from my coding days, it's like uh, computers don't make mistakes. Programmers make mistakes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And I mean, 50 meters, true. actually, when you're talking space terms, is it's like... like nothing. Yeah, it ain't yeah. nothing. And so it's I can see that just being a little bit off and curse yeah. back. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's just a, a percentage of a degree, and you're mm-hmm. you're done, done. for. Yeah. My, other, my big thing about the whole... Okay, let's ignore the fact that I froth at the mouth when people say that Mars is currently inhabited, mm-hmm. other than Matt Damon. But yeah. the fact that they would then panic at this one satellite to such a degree that they would go out of their way to make themselves known and destroy it when there have been so many other man-made things that have been sent to Mars. Since then. Before and after. Yeah. I mean, because the Americans, we we had sent stuff to Mars, and that's part of what motivated Russians to do it. They were like, well, we should do this too so it's why suddenly this one they go, oh you know that i don't like the paint job on that flying donut with a filing cabinet on it we're destroying that thing well and i mean that's because that was their mother's ship that's a theory <laughs> yeah they successfully you know concealed everything but then it started getting suspiciously close to the mothership and they didn't want to discover if they have a friggin' that, mothership in orbit don't you think that they could have very easily hidden it from 
Phobos 2, just like they had hidden it from all previous mm. and post that time satellites. Yeah, well, I mean, it, just, it doesn't make sense that they would just decide to literally run over this one thing. Well, the thing about it is, too, is that I, you know, either they've pockmarked it with fake meteor craters to camouflage it. Phobos 2? Yeah. Or Phobos, Phobos, I mean. Phobos. Either that or, or else they died out and they've been unable to shield it to, from asteroid strikes since then. So that's one of the, but if they died out, they've been unable to shield it. Then obviously they couldn't have, have killed Phobos too, right? And so therefore they must have built this thing and deliberately camouflaged to make it look like a natural moon. If they, but if they're that smart, then what's to worry about? Phobos isn't going to discover anything. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's it. Just none of it makes sense to me. Yeah, no, no. I'm gonna, really. I'm gonna, I'm done being wet blanket, Steve. You gonna wash your hands of this one? No yeah. pun intended. What pun? Wet blanket? Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. I don't wash my hands in wet blankets. I don't either. So. Come on, I have been doing weird stuff all day. You guys you saw have. the string of text messages that I then had to explain. So yeah. I'm, I'm in a weird mood today. Yeah, that's fine. So, it, I mean, I think we all agree. Uh, Phobos is interesting. Mars is super interesting. We would love to see, you know, the discovery of an ancient alien race there or even an ancient human race there. But this is not that proof. Mm, probably right? not. Yeah. This, this, this reminds me of a, an Arthur C. Clarke story that I read when I was a kid. And I don't remember when he wrote it. It was maybe in the 50s or the 60s or I don't know. One of the moons of Jupiter is called Ganymede. Yeah. And as you know about Ganymede, it's got it, the two sides of it have different albedos. And of course, and I'll be at, the albedo is the, the reflectivity of the surface. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah got it. Thank yeah. you. I mean, so one side is brighter than the other side. And, and so in this story, he, he, humanity finally goes out to Jupiter and, and with a probe and goes in orbit around it. turns out that Ganymede is an enormous spherical alien spacecraft. Of course, it and it's, it's, it was a really fun story. Yeah. Written, and uh, and of course, everybody that was on board it was dead by that time. Oh, yeah. And of, of course. course, now by this time we've sent we have sent flights out there to look at all the moons of Jupiter, and we know that Ganymede is not an alien spacecraft. But still, as far as they'll tell us, it would have been cool if it, it turned would've. out to be. Yeah. So if you want to see any of the pictures of that Phobos two took. Uh, if you want to see any of our research, because I know that's something that people seem to be interested in all of a sudden, uh, you can find all of a sudden, all of a sudden uh, you can find that information on our website. That website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can also leave a comment there if you would like on this episode. You can find our merch and um, the various different ways to contribute monetarily to the show. Uh, we are on iTunes and like every streaming thing ever, but on iTunes, particularly if you leave a comment and a rating, uh, to let us know how we're doing with like good stuff. If you like have scathing criticism, email us so we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, streaming anywhere. If you can vote or comment on streaming stuff, do that too, I guess. I don't know how that works. I realize right now you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We have a group and a page. So join the group, like the page. We are on Twitter. We're thinking sideways on Twitter. We have a subreddit, which is uh, thinking sideways. 
Solved any mysteries yet? No, not yet. Well, We're getting soon. close. If you want to give us like your expert advice on something, let us know. If you have feedback, if you have suggestions, if you just want to chat and tell us how awesome we are. Probably like uh, that. Yeah. Email is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And I know I mentioned it before, but hey, if you feel like donating on a regular basis, Patreon is awesome. You guys are helping us actually cover our costs, which is great because if you hadn't been doing that, we probably wouldn't be able to afford to do the show anymore. Mm-hmm. So that all having been said. Well, and there's also, you talked about merch. Yeah. We've mentioned to people that we were getting new merch up. We have new we merch have up now. We have episode artwork up based yeah. on stories. Which and Steve did, which is Awesome. There's only a handful, but I've noticed that people are oh, those cool. those are starting to go out mm-hmm. the door as well, and those yeah. are really fun. They are, and actually, as a pitch, we don't ever really mention this, but if you donate a certain amount per episode, we'll send you free free art as like a thank you. Mm-hmm. So if you have a five by seven guy, yeah, um, that you know Steve actually like gets professionally printed and hand cuts out. So you know, there you go. Uh, if you want to donate that, it's worth it. All of that having been said, I'm going to shuttle on out of here. Oh, okay. I'm just going to say goodbye. I, I got nothing. So need a satellite pun. Mm-hmm.